Scott with SJ, Wildfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry and his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. He's been diving deep into spiritual warfare. And what was interesting is during his study over the last three, four years, he actually had a demonic encounter that he had to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is a man's man. Pastor Larry fought two years in Vietnam uh, with the Marines, saw a bunch of action. Then he became a pastor from there later in life. He ended up becoming a school teacher, very hardworking man, owned his own paint company, uh, multiple blue collar, white collar jobs. The man has life experiences. He's a cool dude, man's man, fun to be around, and he loves the Lord. Good morning, friends. This is Pastor Larry again. Glad to be with you. We are on the subject again of spiritual warfare, which is, again, is what we are going through right now. And it's been that since the creation of mankind. We have an enemy. We are at war. Now, I know it's difficult to say, well, what do you mean we are, we're on a spiritual war with Satan and the devil? I have enough problems on my own living in the physical world. And I know that's problems for us. We all struggle. We have finances to worry about. We have family. We have relationships. And it's hard to think of spiritual warfare, but a lot behind that is the spiritual side, is the spiritual warfare. God made us spiritual beings, not just physical beings. He made us physically so we could live on this earth. But that all is said is we are at war, and that's a fact that the scriptures teach. We are in the battle. We're in the battle if we're in Christ, and I'm going to explain that later from the book of Ephesians chapter 1. You must be in Christ in order to wage the successful warfare against Satan and his allies. And by the way, he does use your flesh, your cravings, as we talked about last week, and the gratification of your flesh. He does use that as an ally. He uses the world system as his ally to influence you. So you got a lot of warfare going on. And the only way that we can pre be prepared for that is what the scriptures call putting on the armor of God. That's basically explained in Ephesians 6, 10 through the end of the chapter. First of all, I need to clarify something I said a couple weeks ago on a certain passage of the Scripture, and you'll find me doing that quite often as I learn and read and study myself the Scriptures and also about things going on in the world, that uh, I will be going back now and then to try and make things a little more clear, not only for you, but for me also, because I'm in a learning process myself. And I talked importantly about the Word of God in the Christian's life. I'm going to probably spend another session on that today. About without Scripture, you cannot do battle with the enemy. 
And of course, I read last week, the enemy that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in the heavenlies and spiritual wickedness in high places. So without your Bible and knowing how to utilize your Bible is like knowing how to utilize your weapons in a physical warfare. And I gave that illustration about my rifle here a couple weeks ago. Now, I spent a lot of time in boot camp and in advanced infantry training learning my weapon and learning different weapons. And without that knowledge, I could not really battle the enemy. You know, you can't uh, say, like we did in training, we use blanks, you know, and blanks didn't do any harm. So knowing the weapon, knowing how to use it blindfolded, knowing how to take it apart blindfolded, was the utmost importance. And this is what I say about the Word of God. That's our only weapon, offensive weapon, that we have against spiritual warfare. That's why it's so important. But there's a passage before I start that I want to look at that emphasizes the Word of God, and that's what I talked about a couple weeks ago, and that's one I want to clarify. First of all, in Ephesians 6.17, if you'd like to turn there, I would appreciate it. Remember, I emphasized the fact that it'd be greatly helpful if you had a copy of the Word of God with you and that you would follow along with me. But if you don't, if you're accustomed to taking notes, that's fine. But there's a passage in Ephesians 6.17, and the major passage on the armor of God. And we're getting a little ahead of ourselves in the armor, but this, since it has to do with the fundamental principle of the Word of God, first of all, in the Christian's life, is found in Ephesians 6.17, where it says, quote, and take the helmet of salvation. And I'm going to stop there and talk about what, just for a second, the helmet. So what did the helmet do for me in Vietnam? Well, it protected my head. And just as a helmet of salvation is, protects your mind. And we're really going to get in depth one week on the mind of God and the mind of the believer in the mind of the unsaved. So we must have our helmets on. The one I want to emphasize today is not the helmet, but the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Very plainly it states that. We want to learn how to wield the sword, figuratively speaking, spiritually. And that spiritual sword is the very Word of God, Old Testament and New Testament. There you have it. The Word of God is like the sword. The only offensive weapon that we have is used against our spiritual enemies. Now I want to go to clarify this passage that I was talking about, and it has to do with the Word of God. And that's found, I'd like you to turn there if you have your Bibles, and I will 
give you time. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, and in verse 12, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it's the same thought about the Word of God. One of the major passages, by the way, concerning God's Word. Listen to some of the adjectives it gives here in this passage. Uh, Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says for, and I want you to pay attention to that word for. It's a causal statement, or you could interpret it this way, or translate it this way, or because. Because, and that's why I want you to look at it, I want you to look at it in that way, because the Word of God, listen to this, is quick, Old Testament, or Old English word for alive, quick. God is alive. The Word of God is alive. It's not a dead book. Understand this. God has put his spirit into the book, into the words of this book. It's not just like reading a book. You have to have the spirit of God to understand the mind of God. It's alive. And it's what? Powerful. No other book has ever, this has ever said about any other book. And it's powerful. It's the Greek word dunamis. And guess what word we get from dunamis? Dynamite. It's very explosive. And it's sharper. I fillet my fish with a rapala fillet knife. This is even sharper than that. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints in the marrow, and of the discerner of thought, and intents of the heart. Wow, it even judges motives. You know, the inner life of a Christian is often a mixture of genuinely spiritual and completely human motivations. They're kind of mixed in there. Only a supernatural, discerning agent, such as the Word of God, can sort out what is of the flesh and what is of the Spirit. And that's why I say, without the Word of God, we cannot live the Christian life. We cannot know our enemy, and know how to overcome our enemy. Because our rest with God depends upon it. Our peace with God depends upon it. Why do I say this? Because this passage right here in Hebrews chapter 4 makes that statement. Now I said to pay attention to the causal statement. Because. So there must be something that went before that. So... Now let's look at the preceding verse, which is verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 4, which reads this, if you're following along with me. I don't want to lose you here. It says in verse 12, or excuse me, verse 11, it says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, how many of you need rest? I certainly do. 
I'm anxious a lot, and I need the rest of God. It says, lest any man fall after the example of unbelief. You want to, no, you don't want to. But what leads to doubt, what leads to things that aren't godly, is because we are not in entering into that rest that God provides. Now, I say this for one reason. It's, and I, pay, I want you to pay close attention to the word rest. It's found seven times in Hebrews 4, and it mentions Joshua going into the promised land in the Old Testament. And we're going to have a little message about that later on. So if we want rest and peace, listen to this. You follow verse 11 into verse 12. And how do you enter into that rest? Paul says, because... The Word of God is alive, and it's active, and it's sharp, and it pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Uh, see how God utilizing the Word of God to have us enter into that rest because he knows where our right, wrong motivations come from. He knows our heart. It's because of the Word of God that God wants us to rest in Him, to have peace with Him, to have peace with Him. And that's the agent that God uses. Satan's tactic is to get you all confused and get you anxious and get you on drugs and whatever it is and keep you from the sword of the Spirit. We must bring rest to our hearts and minds, and the Word of God does that. But, pay attention, for in verse 11 it says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Now he's not talking about entering, let us labor to be saved. He's talking about laboring to have peace of God in our hearts. We must do something. God has left the responsibility to, onto us. So, Satan will, without a doubt, he'll attack your mind, which will have devastating consequences on your heart. And you or I will not have rest. I don't know about you folks, but I need this rest and peace from God, even in the midst of our spiritual warfare. And God promises that. Even in the midst of warfare, we can have peace and rest in our lives. Have you ever met Christians who believers who are always restless and nervous? Probably if you dig deeper into their lives, you'll probably find very little personal Bible study. And asking God to reveal himself to them. Oh, they may go to church, uh, listen to sermons, may listen to Christian music, they may pray, they may have Christian friends, which is all good and necessary things in a Christian life. But if we neglect personal Bible study, where, where we are to seeking to do God's will, letting God speak to us through the Word of God via the Holy Spirit, 
We need to take time out of our day to know what God says. And that's a discipline. That's the labor that Paul talks about in, to enter into the rest of God. I know it's work. It's a hard. Satan tried to distract me all the time of getting these messages ready, which is utmost important. But he takes the good things, even though they're not sinful things, the good things, and I spend my time, find me sp myself spending time on good things and not on the urgent things such as this. So it's a discipline. And... It's something that we need to start our day with, our devotions, our reading the Bible, getting a pen and uh, paper and writing things down from the scriptures, something that we cannot ignore if we want to enter into the rest of God. So if we fail to do this, Satan and his demons will have a way with us and we'll be an easy target. And I myself, even doing the podcast, I have to be prepared every day, lest I give the devil a foothold. And I, I won't stand in the spiritual battle without this fellowship with God. This is how he brings fellowship with us. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to hear our prayers. He wants to see us reading his word, be interested in his word. So ignore scripture, and it's a peril to your own personal life, which would be disastrous. So you notice what Paul says back in Ephesians, if you want to flip back there to chapter 6 and verse 11. Paul says, quote, he says in Ephesians 6, 11, and verse 13, he says, put on the whole armor of God. I want to emphasize that. Not just part or some of the armor, but the whole, the whole, the whole armor of God. We are not suited up for battle with, with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, if we are partially dressed. You have to have the whole armor of God. I think back in uh, Vietnam when uh, one of my members of my squad uh, decided to take his helmet off. And we were ambushed on a, one night about 2 o'clock in the morning. And the enemy was throwing grenades, lobbying in grenades on our position. And then it stopped. And then somebody yelled over, I don't even remember the man's name. So-and-so is laying on the ground, and he's not moving. So we, the corpsman and a few other Marines went over there. We searched and searched his body and could not even find a wound and couldn't figure out. And the man was dead. How this man was dead. And what had happened, he had had his helmet off and a small fragment, probably the size of a, well, I want to say the size of a, just a tiny, tiny, two millimeter piece of fragment entered into the back of his skull 
we finally found the entrance wound. And that tiny fragment killed him. So I'm thinking, brothers and sisters, that if we're not the helmet of salvation, we, we don't have our mind protected as it's saturated with the Word of God. A small entry point because we're not dressed with the whole armor of God. Just a tiny, tiny thought can kill our spiritual life and make us susceptible to the enemy. Oh, listen to me on this. You can't just say, I'm going to put the helmet on and I'm not going to put my breastplate on. I'm not going to carry my sword. No. Paul says you put on the whole armor of God, not just part of it. That was a big thing in the Marine Corps. You didn't go out in the field just half-dressed in your armor. You had your cartridge belt on. You had your magazines to your rifle. It's called bandoliers. You had all that. You had your helmet. You had your flak jacket. You had your rifle. You had your jungle boots on with the steel inserts. Uh, to keep you from jumping on a punji stick or whatever it is, you had to have the whole armor because you didn't. Just one piece missing could kill you if a bullet or a uh, fragmentation device would hit you. So it is in our spiritual warfare. So when Satan comes, we must have the Word of God at the ready, we need to know it in our hearts when that evil day comes upon us. Well, I'm going to stop there, my friends, and we will continue next week. Thank you.